Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for So people are confused today. If I believe there is a God, and if I believe there is a Jesus, that makes me a Christian. No, that's incorrect. You have to submit your will, and you have to begin to follow, and you practice these things. You put Christ C first. You find a church, doesn't have to be CC Calvary Chapel, and you begin changing in character and conduct like Jesus. You begin to think and act and do and minister your life changes it's evident and that change is constant it's a lifestyle it's not an event many of us are familiar with the phrase practice makes perfect no matter how much knowledge or understanding of something we might have it's only effective if we put it into practice this is especially true when it comes to putting our faith in christ Using the demon-possessed man as an example, Pastor Mark teaches us the difference between discipleship and mere belief. In our study, we learn that although we might believe Jesus existed, we're not necessarily saved unless we commit our lives to Him and experience a continual change. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Before and After. If you drive out of here today and head down Wickham and you speed, I don't know how you'd ever do that on Wickham, but you speed. (laughs) And some of our finest pull you over. And roll down the window. You're going to see in a moment, they beg Jesus. Well, they beg Jesus. When you beg somebody, who's in control? The person you're begging is in control. So the window rolls down and you say, Officer, I just came from C. Church, don't ever say if you were speeding CC. We don't speed in this church. Christians from Calvary Chapel never speed. Is it time for another C, confession? (laughs) You see, you want to just start begging, don't you? And you want to say, officer, I was just in church and I learned upon principles and I just was thinking about it. My mind was on scripture and I just didn't understand what was happening. (laughs) Well, be careful. Be careful. Because then you're going to have to have a confession with it. They knew that Jesus had all power and authority. Number three, the demons knew their Bible. The demons knew their Bible, and they knew their eternal destiny and outcome. Revelation 20 tells us that the demons at the end of time will be placed in the lake of fire along with Satan forever and ever and ever. They knew it. Isn't that interesting that the world doesn't know those three things? But the demons knew these three truths. This brings up another point you need to write. You can know or believe in Jesus... And yet, not 
be a Christian. This is very confusing. We'll have masses of people come into our churches. And you say to them, why are you here? Well, I believe in God and I believe Jesus was born during this time. Well, we know it wasn't born at this time, but that's all right. It's a time we celebrate it. It's cool. Well, you say, you go in heaven? Well, sure, because I believe in Jesus. What do they mean by believe in Jesus? Well, they believe Jesus lived. Well, did the demons believe Jesus lived? I mean, stand in front of them. Sure they did. Are the demons going to hell? Yes, they're going to hell. They're not going to heaven. So what's the difference? The belief of the demons was they knew here he was real, but they never submitted their life to follow him. They weren't in obedience to him. They'd be commanded to obey, but never willingly become like Christ. See, the demons never operated with the principle of CC. They never changed in character and conduct. Everything they did was evil because they were ruled by Satan. So people are confused today. If I believe there is a God, and if I believe there is a Jesus, that makes me a Christian. No, that's incorrect. You have to submit your will, and you have to begin to follow, and you practice these things. You put Christ C first. You find a church, doesn't have to be C.C. Calvary Chapel, and you begin changing in character and conduct like Jesus. You begin to think and act and do and minister. Your life changes. It's evident. And that change is constant. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. Verse 30. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons, S, remember the legion, there's the word, begged Jesus. If you drive us out, send us into this herd of pigs. Now, why the pigs? What is the deal over there? Well, this horde of demons knew that Jesus was going to free these two men. And they're saying, you see, demons want to be in an animal or people or even a home. They don't want to be without a body. So they say, well, there's nobody else. Out. Put us in the pigs. We know you're going to, not going to put us in other people. Put us in the pig. We know you can do it. Please, please put us into something. Why? Because they wanted to continue to steal and kill and destroy. That's, that's what demons do. And Jesus said to them, what? go. Now, if you've watched any of the exorcists or exorcism films, movies, this would be a very difficult movie to script with Jesus in it. You know, scene one, demons, two men, Jesus, demons speak, tell us to go in the pigs, get out of the man, Jesus goes, go, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> the trailer comes, we're done. See, it's not two hours of, ah, ah, ah. Now, if you come from a, a very formal background, churches, whatever, you know, Episcopal and Catholic and all that, you're going to have a little form with it. So you'll have somebody with their religious things on, and he'll say go. If you come from a Baptist, you may not even believe you can say go, but you do. You do. You, you know there's still power. If you come from the Pentecostal, go is like this. Go! Go! You know, you have all these kind of different dealies. Just depends where you come from. Jesus just said what? Go. See, where you come from depends how you think that sounded. You know, go doesn't have enough power with it. It's not in the inflection of the voice. It's in the authority behind the words. So, all Jesus says is go. And don't you think about this, they have to go. 
They have to go. They have no choice. He says, go. And they came out and went into the pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Now, if you're the owner of the pigs, this is not one of your better days. (laughs) But from that, probably a Jewish person, because they're very good at business, they came up with a way to market that. And they've marketed it, and it's something you well know today, and you find it in America on your shelves. (laughs) Is that right? Devil ham. Next time you eat it, you think about that. So, so, As you think about this, all joking aside, you say, Pastor Mark, what about me as a Christian? Do I have to be afraid of demons? Well, yes and no. Write this next statement down. Satan and demons have more power than humans, but less than God. So what do I do? Well, number one, as a Christian... I don't have to worry about demon possession ever. A Christian, no matter what you hear people say, cannot be demon-possessed. Now, I can be hassled, I can be oppressed, I can do all things. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. The Holy Spirit moved into you, became the temple of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't operate a rental duplex. So this side's the Holy Spirit, this side Satan can rent out, and demons come in and live side by side. Hi, what day are you? No, No. only God lives in you. So you cannot. On the other hand, is Satan more powerful than me? By myself? Absolutely. So the Lord's Prayer even told us, remember? Right in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, right toward the end, he says, lead us not into... Well, why? Because I can be tempted and give in. Because Satan's very wise. So I'm, I'm to be aware of his devices. But I don't fear him. I don't have to be afraid that Satan's in my home causing havoc. Here's why. First John 4, 4. You dear children are from God and overcome them because the one God who lives in you is greater than the one who is the ruler over the world, which is Satan. So I have an understanding of what Satan can do. He can hassle my life big time, but he cannot ever possess me. And so I just want to be aware of his devices, and I live a life of relative peace. Now, verse 33. Those tending the pigs ran off and went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Look what the response is. The whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, Jesus, what was their reaction? They pleaded with him to leave their region. Now, why would these people, they knew these two men who had been demon-possessed and lost their families. Why would... Why wouldn't they come out and see this change? Why would they say to Jesus, get out of here? Two things. More than that probably, but these two specifically. They valued their possessions more than people. We need to be careful in our lives. See, possessions don't answer life. 
Be careful that you care more for people than your possessions. You know, Pastor Dave just got back from Mexico and I just had a moment to chat with him. Anytime you go on a mission trip, and many of you this next year, we're going to have lots of different mission trips. I encourage you to go. Because when you go to these countries and you see what they live with, you come back a changed person. Because you realize it isn't the stuff that we have. It's people. Last night I was watching something. I don't remember where it was. I think it was North Korea. And I was shocked. These railroad cards of grain were going through and they had stopped at a train station. And people by the masses hoarded out. Security people just left them alone. And what they did was climb under these grain cars and little pieces of rice were falling. And there was hundreds of them scraping up dirt and everything and rocks with a little bit of rice because they're starving. I couldn't get it out of my mind. You know, we go and get a 25-pound bag. Little kids, parents, dads, they're on their knees. They're just scraping up inside. When you eat lunch this afternoon, you think about that. You see, these people valued the pigs that were lost more than the people who got it changed. And second, the focus was not really the healing. It was Jesus. You see, they were comfortable with their lifestyle. Their lifestyle didn't include Jesus. Be careful you don't ever get to the place where you're comfortable without Jesus. You see, if you do, you're not CC. You're not constantly changing. Oh, I've kind of pastor, I, Pastor Mark, I'm just kind of on this neutral area. I'm doing fine. Neutral areas, you're never on a neutral area. You're either going forward or you're going back. So... They were not happy with Jesus. They didn't want to change. Everything in their life was cool. Don't bother us. Don't upset the apple cart. Well, what was that change really like in these two guys? Matthew doesn't talk about it because he's only interested about them seeing Jesus. But Mark tells us, look at here. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had, had been, had been, passed before, straight hair, curly hair, had been, possessed with a legion of demons, sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. See, they, they couldn't change this man. They had no power, and they're going like, how did this happen? How in the world did this happen? Instead of running wild, this man was now sitting at the feet of Jesus. Instead of being naked, he was now dressed. Instead of being his mind deranged, out of his mind, cutting himself, he's in his right mind, he's self-controlled. That reminds us of this. God can change anyone if they agree. It's an incredible picture of salvation. You say, well, what do you mean if they agree? These men didn't agree. They couldn't agree. They were possessed by demons. So Jesus did for them what they couldn't do. See, as a believer, an unbeliever, you're not possessed rarely. Rarely are unbelievers possessed with demons. Some, then of course we can step in. But you today just have a sin nature if you're not a Christian. And you have to say to God, you'll get a chance at the end of the service, I want to change. I don't want Satan ruling my life. The demons knew the outcome. I know what my outcome is without God. I don't want that. I'm going to go to heaven. See, you have to agree. God won't force you. You'll see that so vividly in the story. So God can change, see anyone if 
They agree. That's the picture of salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old, the old is gone and the new has come. Incredible change. Now, when you see that, and this story kind of ends, I want to talk about the people that we saw in the story. And we're going to have one more story to go through. Let's think about it. Let's see if the before and after are different. Let me give you an idea. The Gentile town people that Gadara, that Jesus went to, are they any different before and after? Spiritually, ain't change? No change. Same thing. See, Jesus came into their area and there was no change. That's incredible. Because everywhere Jesus goes, he changes. That's why you're in church today. Because you know this is a place of change. Well, let's talk about the two demon-possessed men. Any change? Absolutely. Man, they're going back to their families. They're excited. They're doing all these things. I mean, everything. They're like the old guys that were there before. Totally changed. Spiritually, physically, mentally, everything. What about the disciples who are right in the boat with Jesus? You know, often we forget about them. Have they changed as they watch Jesus do this? Sure they have. Why? Well, number one, where is he? What kind of people are in the Gadara area? Tell me again. Gentiles. Well, see, they're Jews. They're, they're not like in the Gentiles. So they see that Jesus cares for Gentiles. They're going to have to learn that because they're going to take the gospel to the whole world. Thank God they did. That's why you and I are here. 99% of us are Gentiles. So they saw that. But they also saw this. That God's power was greater than Satan's. Ooh, that's comforting. That's comforting. It changed them. They're learning. See, when you leave this building this morning, you're learning. You're being reminded. Your mind is being transformed by the power of God. It's incredible. We're here not to sit here. We're here to change. And that's what God was doing with his disciples. So let me just ask you to write this word down again. We've talked about it many times today. God wants to continually change us. What you want to do is you reflect back in your life over this next year. You want to think about some CCs. Is your conduct and character different than it was six months ago? Are you more like Jesus than you were? Are you constantly changing? Do you see yourself becoming more like him? You think like him. You think different. You're not weird, but you think differently. You act differently. Your character's different. And, and you're involved in the things that Jesus would be involved in. That's what it's all about. Well, Mark tells us a little bit of a scenario that Matthew just doesn't get to. See on the overhead, Mark 5, 18. As Jesus was getting in the boat... The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. That's an honest statement. That's something you think that he would want to do. How will Jesus answer it? Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus leaves this former possessed man to go and share the good news first with his family. He goes home and they go, what happened to you? I ran into this man called Jesus. Who's that? So we don't know how much he knew or how it went, but he's to go and share with his family. You know, when you're changed, the most powerful thing you have is your personal testimony. That God has changed you. Some of you, it's been a long time and you forget what you were like. But God changed all of us, didn't he? He says, go and tell your family and stay on this side of the Sea of Galilee. Why? 
They're all pagans. Stay over there. Priority. Share the gospel. More changed lives. Now, there's a sobering note with the story. The people say of the town to Jesus, we don't, anything, we don't want anything to do with you. Leave. What does Jesus do? He leaves. You don't ever want to get to your place in your life when you say to God, you know, God, don't bug me again with this salvation stuff. Don't bug me again that's trying to become like you. I'm not really interested. Don't ever go there. See, if God's dealing with your heart today, you're not a Christian, or you've fallen away, you'd be very glad. These people said, leave us. Now, what do you think Jesus is going to do? Gets in his boat, and he leaves. What kind of lifestyles left? A lifestyle without Jesus is empty, lonely, guilty. They're afraid of death. They can't help themselves. It's nothing for this world. But he leaves. We would hope the story would be like this. But Jesus says, well, really, can I stay, please? Can I stay? Let me go out and stay. I'll change your lives. He begs for the sake. No, he doesn't beg. See, he knows he can't change them unless they want to be changed. What you see in this story is a town full of hard hearts. Get the tape from Wednesday night. I pray that one day we don't see Jesus getting in his boat on the shores of America and leaving. We're getting close. We're getting very close. So he leaves. Chapter 9 is a, another whole story. One day, a farmer and his wife uh, had gone to a county fair, and the, the farmer was always fascinated with airplanes, and he, he saw an airplane there with a pilot, and he said to him, how much, how much for a little ride? The pilot was taking people around the fair, and he said, well, it's 10 bucks for three minutes. And the farmer goes, well, that's too much for me. I can't afford that. Pilot thought for a second it was kind of slow. Things weren't really happening. He said, I'll make you a deal. If you and your wife will come in the plane and I'll take you in the three minute, you know, and he's going to do whatever. He said, if you come and sit in this plane for three minutes and you don't utter a sound, either one of you, not a sound, your ride's free. But if either one of you make a sound, you got to pay the 10 bucks. Farmer talked to his wife and said, well, what do you think? Can we do it? Yeah, let's go for it. So they get in the plane, they go for this incredibly wild ride. After they landed, the pilot said to the farmer, I'm amazed. I want to congratulate you. This is the first time I've ever seen this happen. You're a brave man. You didn't make a sound during our three minutes. I can't believe it. And the farmer replied, he said, yeah, but I got to tell you, I almost screamed when my wife fell out. Now, that's a wrong priority, okay? Some of you guys don't know that with your marriage, okay? This man is taking 10 bucks over his wife falling out. Stupid story, but the principle is about priorities. As many of us are aware, having a basic understanding of a specific field of science or history doesn't necessarily make us a student of that field. When it comes to the belief of God and His one and only Son, this is a crucial aspect that we must consider. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us the difference between a mere profession of faith versus a life of radical transformation that comes through discipleship. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Trying to spread a message or belief system that bears no weight or substance will often fade away in just a moment of time. If the gospel message were to be empty like many of the false beliefs of the world, we probably wouldn't see its growth after 2,000 years. In our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us about the transformation of the gospel and how God desires all to experience such radical change. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.